Hello, everyone, and welcome to Quadrant 4 Politics, the podcast where we discuss politics and have fun while we're doing it. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Matt. Say hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. And uh, also in the room is my cat, Mystic. He will be joining us today. You might be hearing him a little bit. Uh, He likes to meow, so just heads up (laughs) about that. (laughs) He's already attacking Matt, so Well, I'm provoking him. (laughs) Ouch, you bastard. Ow, that one hurt. (laughs) He will bite. Watch out. (laughs) All right. Uh, So without further ado, uh, this is our podcast. We talk about politics and have fun while we're doing it. Um, Thanks for checking it out. Leave a comment in the comment section on YouTube or send us an email at quadrant4politics at gmail.com. That's the number four not spelled out. Watch out. He will kill you. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but send us a comment uh, with a question that you want us to answer on the show. We would be happy to, and uh, honestly, that's what we would prefer to do. Uh, but without further ado, let's answer some random questions that we found online. Uh, Matt, do you want to... <laughs> you are just getting attacked by the cat. <laughs> We're doing a podcast right now, bro. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll leave the cat alone. It's just no so worries. precious. I'm a cat person, everybody, so... Um, so, do you want to start with the political compass test or the I side with questions? Um, you can choose. Uh, let's do the I side with. I'm always a fan of those. There you go. Uh, while Matt's choosing those, I'll do my obligatory. This is the questions from the I side with test. Uh, I side with.com. And um, we don't condone the test, but it offers some interesting questions that are fun to answer on the podcast. So, uh, Matt is taking a sweet time choosing a question. Don't let them spill all over the ground. Got it. Yeah. Got the question. Are you ready for this one? I'm stoked. Okay. He likes to eat plastic, too, so keep the bags. Oh, I already <laughs> know your freaking answer for the. Oh, I know my answer for this, too. <laughs> what is it? Should the federal government increase funding of health care for low-income individuals? Parentheses, Medicaid. Is that what Medicaid is? Uh, Funding for... Low-income individuals, yeah. I See, think my it, mom's on Medicaid. Medicaid and Medicare I, are confusing for me. Honestly, the healthcare industry is really confusing for me. So, you know, th- this is why I never state to be a, a professional when it comes to political discussion because I'm uneducated about a lot of this kind of stuff. So uh, Medicare and Medicaid are something that really confuse me. And uh, there's a lot of issues with the health insurance company or with the health uh, care in our country. So uh, what's your answer to this question? Um... It's yes or no. Well, you know, sometimes the question is, uh, should you increase funding? And you got to take into account what the funding already is. And I'm not sure about that, but the government pumping money into health care sounds like the government getting their hands on health care. Sorry to be the libertarian this time. Um, and that's the last thing I want them to have their hands on, especially because I use my health care a lot. And... Um, I think that is better done through employers. Of course, I've mentioned before, I do think as a a term I often use, as a rational society, uh, we need to take care of people who can't take care of themselves, such as, you know, highly disabled people, people who actually can't work, not the ones who don't decide, don't choose to work. Um, I don't necessarily think the government needs to pump more money into that. Uh, We had a question last time... uh, that also had something to do with federal funding or funding of some sort. And I said, I'd rather us move the move money from one category to the other. Um, so, you know, I don't have the government checkbook out in front of me right now, but I would say that, uh, you know, people usually want something for their 
investment and that would include the government that's going to mean they're going to want to muddy it up and i'm not in support of that so my answer would be no um let me read the question again uh, it says uh, should the federal government increase funding on health care for low-income individuals and then in parentheses it says medicaid and um i would say no uh is i i personally think that uh, the healthcare industry should be a uh, capitalist industry. I think that will be better if it's uh, deregulated quite a bit. And, um, you know, we have an issue with paying for things and no, um, you know, it's, it's really hard to become a doctor. So there's like a lack of doctors in the country if we bring them in from other countries or just, you know, it, we don't have enough kind of thing. Um, I think I, I think we could deregulate it by quite a bit, make it easier to get a license. Um, make the medical billing side of it a lot uh, easier and stuff like that. Um, overall, I would prefer that it became a more free market capitalist industry because I think that we would have more innovation in the industry, um, more advancements, and I think that the bills would be cheaper for us overall. And it would just be, like, to be honest, healthcare in this country is so fucking frustrating and, and annoying and it's stressful and no one likes it. Not a single person in this country is happy with the healthcare industry. Um, and my preference would be just make it a free market capitalist industry. But honestly, at this point, I would be accepting of a socialist uh, system, uh, completely single payer. And that single payer is the government, because at this point, it's so bad. I just want them to go one way or the other. Like I said, my preference would be a free market capitalist version of it. But at this point, I really don't give a fuck because I'm so tired and annoyed of the healthcare industry in this country that if the Democrats take over and then at least I can hope that they make a decision about that and it's not my problem anymore. Because even though I think a socialized version of healthcare will be worse, I think that it will be a lot less, you know, if I get hit by a truck or get cancer or something like that, I'm not going to exit the hospital hospital with just millions of dollars in bills because that's what's, it's honestly really fucking scary. And it's, uh, you know, that's the situation that we're in right now. And while I would prefer a free market capitalized version of it, I'll take a socialized version as well. I'm not saying I would prefer that and I would vote against it, but at this point I just want it figured out. Go one way or the other, you know? Um, considering your cat's about to kill me, you know, and what, what, uh, what <laughs> yeah. my hospital bill could end up being. Um, You're trying to get him to attack not, you so you can sue me. <laughs> exactly. It happened on your premises. Um... Not a fan of the socialized medicine idea because, um, again, I don't know why I'm taking a libertarian position here, but I don't, I think, uh, you well, know, I'm not a fan of it either. I just wanted to choose something because where we are right now sucks. What do you mean choose something? Go one way or the other. Make it free market capitalism version. Well, that's how the whole world is. I mean, it's socialized. all in between. It's give and take, buddy. It's both sides. Like, yeah, but, you know... Other, like, more liberal countries like Canada and a lot of the European countries have single-payer health care, or at least they have it a little bit more socialized, uh, like, way more than we have it, but... Yeah, and there's, you know, benefits to that, but there's also drawbacks. And I, I'm not support. I'm, I, I'm not trying to defend it, but I'm just saying I'm tired where we are right now, and I just wish they would choose one way or the other, you know? Like, if we lived in a society where everything else was a free market and capitalism, except for we had really socialized healthcare, I would probably be okay with that. Well, just remember, with socialized anything, somebody pays for it. And if you don't know who, it's Yeah, probably I mean, you. it will be taxes, for sure. But, you know, if I have to pay taxes and I don't ever have to worry about big, expensive medical bills, then 
I guess that's the way it has to be. And I know that's weird hearing that from me, you know, yeah, taxation is really theft and libertarian, but I just, I'm fucking tired of it, and I wish they would just choose, you know, of all the things to be socialized, uh, healthcare is the only one I could see making sense. And I'm not saying it makes sense, I'm saying just choose a fucking direction, because where we are right now is miserable. <laughs> I mean, like, I have an insurance plan that I won't ever pay more than $5,000 out of pocket in any given year if mm. I get hit by a truck or whatever you're talking about so i think if we could get more people on to their own plans which is something obamacare attempted very poorly to do because i was looking at the rates the other day because i'm about to have a lapse in my own insurance cross my fingers nothing happens while that takes place but um you know the deductibles and the uh out-of-pocket costs are just crazy um One side where I probably differ with you is I usually am not a fan of government regulation either, but I think something needs to be done about prescription prices. Um, For example, there was a meme going around a couple years ago about a guy turned 25 to 26, got off his parents' medical insurance. It wasn't a meme. It was also a story. Um, And he started trying to ration out his uh, insulin. insulin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... He ended up dying, and using my in a rational society, and in America, I don't think anybody should die because they don't have insulin, you know. Yeah. If we're talking about an 80-year-old who, it's going to be a $5 million procedure to save their life because their liver's failing or something, that's a different story. Mm. Not saying old people's lives aren't valuable. I'm not that type of person. But I'm saying there's a certain point where things are reasonable and things aren't. And if I had to pay for my own prescriptions out of pocket every month, it'd be about, you know, probably 2000 to $2,500 each yeah. month. Um, and that's just not reasonable for a person, you know, for the everyday person. So I don't think there's a reason why a pill that it takes less than a cent to manufacture needs to be sold for... 50 bucks you know yeah well i mean there's reasons behind that and a part of it is uh regulation which is i won't go too much into it because we all know what it is and i think that regulation could be seriously brought down i think we're over regulating the industry and it doesn't need to be regulated that much i mean we want to be able to when we go to the doctor we want to like expect that they're a accredited doctor and that they've passed all their tests and they're someone that we can trust with our health care but it, like to the point where medicine and, and healthcare, the doctors themselves and nurses and stuff like that, it's just ridiculous. All the like loopholes you have to go through. Like people, a poor family can't afford putting their child through twelve years of you know education and then you know five years of uh, internship, you know unpaid internship after that. It's nonsense, uh, and so that's ridiculous. And also um, patents. There's a lot of patents on those pills, which are, is really stupid because um, a patent is, is essentially like the definition of a patent is pretty much a government-enforced monopoly. Like this is telling one person, you own the patent to insulin, so you're the only one who can make insulin, so you own the monopoly on it, so you can raise the prices however you want. But if we have, if we got rid of the patent for insulin, then we could have a whole bunch of different people making and selling insulin, and then we could have, you know, you can just buy it on store shelves instead of having to have a prescription and stuff like that, you know? Well, and that's what, uh, you know, that's how generic medications are, is there's, you know, you have a lot of different manufacturers, but 
for most prescriptions, I think that whoever made it has 20 years to where before a generic can be made, and that's when the prices are yeah. super high. And that's uh, realistically, I'm I'm in favor of short term patents, but you know, I, it, we can thank Disney for it that patents have just been extended to oblivion. You know, there's no reason why Mickey Mouse shouldn't be a in the um, free realm, however that's called, copyright-free realm. Why, it was somebody's idea, just like that medicine was somebody's idea. Yeah, but the person who created it died a long time ago. So your rights don't extend past death? No, I don't think so. You know, if you were... I, I, I would disagree with that. I think once you die, you shouldn't have any rights anymore. So what if somebody dies with a secret, though? That secret is open to the public. I mean... I mean, we're getting a little existential here. Yeah, that's true. Because you're going to be like, and well, it's nothing really happens, a... it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not on the subject of healthcare either, but... Um, well, I mean, what you happen, what happens after death is I, kind of... I, I think that, you know, a secret is different than a patent and uh, IP, inter, inter, intellectual property, and making a profit. You know, there's no reason why he needs to pass that profit onto his company. Okay, so he's let's, dead already. let's talk then, what about a 30-year-old who make, finds the cure for cancer, right. you know? How much should he be allowed to charge for this cancer curing, one-time cancer curing medication? I, I just think that, you know, there can be more innovation in the industry if we don't have patents and then people can, like, I support intellectual property to the point, like, if someone creates the exact same thing, then that's wrong. I think that, uh, well, not even that, honestly, intellectual property is something that I uh, struggle with as a libertarian myself. I I. I I think that patents are just bad just because they're a government-forced monopoly. And well, I think that yeah. that's what we're seeing, you know, like uh, with that Martin uh, Shkreli guy who, you know, bought uh, the medicine that a lot of HIV users use. He's vaping on the podcast right now. <laughs> Nobody could hear that. I think they could. <laughs> that was the cat. Yeah, it was the cat taking a, a, a giant toke off the vape. <laughs> hey, toke, I'm not doing drugs, but uh, you know, I think we've kind of like talked about healthcare before. I don't think we're experts in it. I think we just have a general idea of. All we know is that the system that we have right now is awful. Yeah, but you know, every system's awful because that's what it. I mean, when you when it comes to you know life-saving medications or even medications that will greatly increase your quality of life uh there's there's you know it's like asking for a perfect system and there's mm -hmm. just not going to be one we can work on ways to make the system better yeah um and i think it's a little mix of not s socialized but i think um definitely you know saying you can't withhold an EpiPen from somebody about to die at the pharmacy counter because they don't have the money to pay for it. Yeah. Not saying we should have a system where we just give it out, but people shouldn't be dying because they don't have their EpiPens, you know, because they can't afford it. Yeah. Uh, we just need, we need a system better than that. And, you know, also, of course, there can be different things for, uh, different, you know, depending on how much one needs the prescription, you know, if, mm -hmm. uh, or the procedure, you know, like, I don't care if breast implants cost five hundred thousand dollars because that's not a required surgery you know but yeah. people shouldn't be dying over small things so mm -hmm. that's my opinion um, what's your opinion on fake boobs versus real boobs uh i mean how how, how notice like how much can you tell uh you can i feel like i can always tell with no fake i'm boobs. saying like uh 
let me rephrase this like am i able to tell they're fake boobs uh when she's naked yeah well then you got other stuff to worry about so <laughs> anyway we're getting off topic here um i prefer real boobs real boobs all the way i think it's just a, i would if, prefer saggy real boobs over fake big boobs what about fake immaculate ones I just, I don't like fake boobs. I don't like the scars. I don't like the way they don't sag naturally. It's just, it kills my boner, to be honest. <laughs> That's gross. Uh, so you're worried about a little scar that can't even be seen under the tip, but you're not, no problem with like stretch marks or anything? Or... The stretch marks don't bother me. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's because I have stretch marks on my stomach. I'm real insecure about them. So. I actually, there was a real cool tattoo of a girl who uh, got a tattoo on her stretch marks to make them look black and it looked like thunder on her That's stretch marks. That's pretty cool. It was badass, yeah. Watch out with the table. It's hitting the uh, desk here, so it might Aren't be loud bitching? on the mic. I, um, I bitch a lot. <laughs> you, do. you do. about a lot I of bitch this. about fake titties. <laughs> um, Anyways, let's move on. Did you have anything else to say about healthcare? I, were we talking about that before the fake boobs? Um, I don't know. I can't even remember at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a question for you, Matt, um, that I think is important to modern-day society. Um, it feels like, you know, we're not super old so we, we haven't been around you know we weren't around in the 80s or 70s or 60s but it seems like recent day and age recent era especially since 2016 or 2015 there's been a strong political divide in our country uh just like from what i hear back in the day republicans and democrats were a lot more friendly with each other and also there were more republican leaning democrats and there were some democrat leaning republicans and stuff like that and i heard like it, politics wasn't such a vile you know discussion and there weren't republicans wearing shirts that i'd rather be a russian than a democrat and there weren't democrats saying oh i'd never be friends with a republican um, it just feels like the divide in our country is so extreme. Um, do you think we will ever get past that? Do you think that that's special because of Trump? Or do you think that this is our future for America and it's just going to get worse from here? Let me ask this, answer the second part first. Uh, is it special because of Trump? No, he certainly doesn't help the situation, but it's been a problem that predates Trump a little bit. Um, and especially when you, you think about, uh, along the same line of thought, race relations, um, the topic kind of got more increasingly brought up, um, ironically, during the Obama administration. Um, and especially, you know, and a lot of that has to do with uh, police shootings and whatnot. Um, but I think the divide is going to stick around somewhat and it's not one party's fault or the other it's the inability to see another person for other than their politics or their worldview ultimately the root cause is selfishness as we see ourselves as the center of the world and um we talked before about that south park episode of uh the atheists and whatnot and you said how it was oh, about three yeah. different religions yeah. or whatnot it was about muslim judaism and, and christianity and i said my take on it whether or not this is what they got from it was that <clears throat> we're always going to find something to fight about yeah and i don't think right now we're heading in a direction where we're all going to be singing kumbaya in a circle but in the past would you agree from what you've heard 
since before you were born, would you agree that things weren't as bad back then? Yeah, I would agree with that. So do you think we'll ever get to a place like that again, or do you think we're heading towards a civil war? I don't think we're necessarily heading towards a civil war, um, especially because the difference with a civil war is that you you had major differences of thought based on the north and the south, what part of the country you're in. I mean, you can go find your neighbor across the street right now, and they might have a different bumper sticker than you do, you know? So a civil war at this point means an all-out war in the streets, and I don't think that's as likely or reasonable. You don't think if Trump had lost in 2016 that there would have been a out like a violent outreach from the Trump supporters, you know, claiming that it was a rigged election and that, you know, it was, as he said, you know, it was rigged and he shouldn't have lost and stuff like that. Do you think there would have been violence because of that? No, or do you because think they I would think, have accepted it. I think 99% of people, including most Trump supporters, expected Trump to lose. That was one of the biggest, like, upsets in presidential election history. I don't um, know, man. Trump is, he's a cult leader. Like, the people who follow him and believe every word he says are really scary, to be honest. That's you know? true, but I don't know that they would have gotten that power without him in power, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think Trumpism would have died down, and as, like, had it been reversed and Hillary had won by the margin he won in the Electoral College, I think at some point even, you know, rednecks with their mega hats on would have been like, okay, we can't call this rigged, you know? Hmm. Um, unless every state was divided by, or was decided by like 1%, but, you know, that wasn't the case, you know? Yeah. I mean, there were close states, but hmm. he clearly had the numbers in his favor when it came to the Electoral College. Do you think the political divide will ever get better then? Um... Do you think we'll ever learn, or do you think we've hit this, uh, liberals are focused on PC culture to the extreme, and Republicans are just focused on hating Democrats? Like, at this point in the Democratic Party, if you even, like, they don't even allow moderates, you know? Of all the people who are running for president, even before, like, when we were at its peak of the most people running, the people who were the most moderate in the Democratic Party were the people who who pulled the least, you know? It's surprising that Pete Buttigieg is doing so well. Considering he's pretty moderate. More moderate. Yeah. I mean, he's moderate of the ones that are up yeah. there. I wouldn't consider him moderate. But, yeah. um, I, you know, I can't predict the future, and I don't want to eat my words later, but... Uh, I think it's I think the divide predates Trump a little bit and I think the twenty twenty election is going to divide us more and depending on who wins that, so will the twenty twenty four one and so we're talking long way in the future and if this culture war continues and from my from my personal standpoint if the PC people can't, like, get get off their pretentious asses and, you know, take a joke, then we're all kind of doomed, so... Well, the Republicans are to blame as well, not just the liberals. I think the Republicans make a lot of shitty... Dis- I mean, they're not even looking, sticking to um, conservative values at this point. Well, at this point, and, but that's why I Trump don't says. blame them as much anymore, because it used to be they were anti-pot, anti-gay people... All this stuff that, I mean, maybe they somewhat still are, 
but it's not their forefront cause. And now they're not the extremists. Now it's become that, you know, it used to be they were the extremists because you could compare them to Hitler because they hated everybody, whatnot. Now it's like, you know, you have these peaceful protests where Antifa's burning, you know, flags and whatnot and blocking yeah. streets. Um, and, you know, then you got the people on the other side too. And uh, I, d- I don't know. I don't know if it's going to get better, but... Uh, you know how we can stop Antifa from blocking streets? Privatize the roads, then they're trespassing, then they can be shut. Moving on. That's stupid. <laughs> um, Let's do a question from uh, the political compass test. Go ahead and pick one, Matt. For those of you who don't know, if you're tuning in for the first time today, they are randomly selected questions. Uh, and this one is from the political compass test. You can find it on Google pretty easily. We've based our podcast off how they're set up. The name, yes, of our podcast, but yeah. we don't agree with the political compass test. And maybe one day when we sit down and have some time, we'll make our own. Oh, you know, I had a thought about that, but I'll share that with you later. You can say it on the, on the show. Okay, my thought was that instead of remaking our own, why don't we just correct the questions that they've written in a... Well, I think one of the reasons why the political compass test is not good is because it misses a lot of questions. Like, it doesn't talk about immigration at all. Um, That's true. But so also, I, I, some of their questions, you can't... Yeah, some of the questions are just batshit crazy. <laughs> well, they're just poorly written, so... <laughs> How would you yes, no, deny, ain't the all, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like they're written that way. <laughs> like double negatives all over the place. There were four double negatives in that question. I have no idea what it says. <laughs> well, I think this one's straightforward. Uh, sorry for all the noise, by the way. Matt dropped the question, so we all had to... I gave you an chairs. opportunity to pick it up and yeah. be able to read it, despite me. Oh no, I despite didn't. I wasn't going to take that away from you, Matt. Yeah. I know that that means a lot. No, I just like grabbing them. Reading them's not necessarily that great. Do you want me to read it? No, no, that's fine. I got it now. Um, <laughs> Can you read, Matt? <laughs> on this, you know, I've said before, I don't usually. Uh, the answers are strongly disagree, disagree, agree, strongly for these ones, agree. Yeah. Um, yes, for the political compass ones. I don't usually do strongly. On this one, I am going to do strongly. Watch out. (laughs) That's right. Those who are able to work and refuse the opportunity should not expect society support. Ooh, yeah. Man, I'm going to get real dark on this one. Those who are able to work and refuse the opportunity should not expect society support. I'm going to go first on this one because I have a uh, real-life situation I want to tell people. Um, uh, this is going to get real dark here. Get ready, guys. Uh, you're always pretty yeah. dark. I'm um, kind of scared. <laughs> yeah, this is why I listen to death metal. Are you like, yeah. Is this going to be a morbid answer? A little bit, yeah. Oh, well, goodness. not really. I mean, it, I strongly... You and I are going to have the same answer on this. If yeah, you're able to work and... You and I have a lot of the same answers for vastly different reasons. That's true, Which yeah. is why um, we... Let me see. Those who are able to work and refuse the opportunity should not expect society's support. I strongly agree with that. And let me tell you why. Uh, My mother was a heavy alcoholic. Um, She was an alcoholic my entire life. And is she still with us? No, alcohol is what killed her. And let me tell you why. I blame the government for my mom's death entirely. My mom got low-income housing for no reason at all. I think the reason why she got low-income housing was because she was an alcoholic. Like, somehow... 
being an alcoholic was able to put her on disability and make her qualify for low-income housing. And then she lost her job. But she was still able and willing to work. It's just that actually Obamacare made her lose her job because she was a uh, full-time employee at a uh, retirement home and they didn't want to give her health insurance because of Obamacare. So they just flat out fired her. So there's the government making my mom lose her job. Second of all, um, actually it wasn't a retirement home. She was actually working at a thrift store, which is pretty interesting. Um, And then, so she got fired from her job because of Obamacare because the job didn't want to give her health insurance, so they just flat-out fired her. Then she had low-income housing and disability checks coming from the government. So her rent, because she did not have a job, was $25 a month, and she was getting paid $812 a month from the government. So that was $25 taken away from $812, and then she had $700 and whatever left to just spend on alcohol and drink all day long every single day instead of finding a job. But if she had not qualified for low-income housing, if low-income housing didn't exist, and if she didn't get disability checks, she would have been forced to work. And she wanted to work, but because she was offered the opportunity by government to not have to work, she drank herself to death. So yes, you can put the personal responsibility on my mom for drinking herself to death. You know, she should have been responsible and found herself a new job. The fact of the matter is, is when government offers the opportunities for people to not work, the people are going to take it up whether they're responsible or not, because it's like, you know, if I, if I, the government was paying my rent, then yeah, I would spend all day making YouTube videos instead of having an actual job and contributing to society. But, you know, it's, it's real dumb. I'm trying to think if I, if I was given the opportunity not to work and just have my way paid for, which isn't exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about getting these people barely by. But still, I, I would, my answers, of course, strongly agree because we don't need to give money to people who aren't going to help us out or help themselves out, you know, or ultimately feeding into their own problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the way um, somebody I know once put it was that a lot of the times these social programs are helping people fund their own poverty, you know. And uh, I think that's ultimately what they're doing. And if I was given the chance, I think I might just not work. Yeah. So I think that's, you know. Well, I mean, that's what you're seeing in Seattle and um, Seattle where we live and uh, San Francisco as well, is you see these huge homeless populations and it's like, the homeless are allowed to camp under the uh, highway, which is if the highway was privately owned, they wouldn't be allowed to camp there because it's private property unless the highway owner was nice enough. But, you know, they wouldn't want their highway looking trashy like it does right now, so they wouldn't allow that. Honestly, I hate going to Seattle because of all the homeless tents out there. And they're just like, there's so many homeless outreach programs, which I support private charities, but there's so many opportunities to homeless people that there's no need for them to work. If you're okay with camping 24-7, then it's like, just be homeless, you know? Uh... And they don't even care about getting themselves out of that situation. They just want to be homeless because they're getting such a sweet ride. And, you know, in Seattle, it's a little bit harder because of the weather up here. But in San Francisco, the weather down there is beautiful 365 days a year. Mm, and, and It's kind of cold in San Francisco, but okay. Well, it's, it's really sunny. Day. It's, I don't know if you've ever been to San Francisco I before. It's, it's beautiful it down there. It's cold. It was um, the middle of summer. It's cold because they have a bay by them. That's yeah, but that's the reason works, why but... it's so nice is because... 
it's it's really sunny like the rest of California, but because they got the bay and all the wind, it keeps it so it's not that hot. So it's pretty comfortable to be outside. You don't feel like like in other parts of California you're just fucking miserable because you're sweaty and it's muggy and shit like that. But uh, San Francisco is beautiful, and I can understand wanting to be homeless there. It's like fuck i've thought about it myself they have so many homeless programs and it's like it'd be easy to get your phone recharged you know you see homeless people with cell phones these the days government gives like, out cell phones now yeah if you're poor and, enough. and it's just like i don't know man it's it's real dumb it's these people this is why we have people turning in applications and getting interviews and not showing up to their interview because yeah. it's a way they can mm-hmm. keep you know that it's, getting unemployment yeah i the last job i had my boss suspected that there was somebody not showing up to work so they could stay under a certain amount of hours to keep whatever their yeah benefits were and ultimately if we help people get out of the situation instead of funding their situation i'm a little more okay with that if we're talking about getting people with a low work ethic mm-hmm. into a situation to where, hey, we're going to help you build up your work ethic, and then we're going to cut the umbilical cord and mm-hmm. set you free. Like, I'm a little more okay with that, even though we're still giving money to people doing nothing. But right now, these programs are just funding people's property, mm-hmm. and they're funding their bad decisions. And I think your mom's a good example. And um, Well, it's... Uh, I, I, under- I, I don't understand people, like... I'm trying to think, like, how a hardcore liberal could even agree with this one, because the question says... If These they're pe- able. If they're able. Yeah. You know, it's about being able and unwilling, you mm-hmm. know? And you give somebody that opportunity, they're going to take it. Um, a lot of people look at Republicans and Libertarians as just, like, giving poor people the middle finger, like, fuck you, we only care about the rich people. But that's not the way it is at all. Like... Uh, I've seen a couple memes where it's like libertarians and republicans giving poor people the middle finger, but I've also seen memes supporting libertarians and republicans saying like, poor people are in this like giant well in the ground, and us libertarians and republicans are just trying to give them a ladder, and each step on the ladder is like, you know... Uh, entry-level job, you know, uh, smaller apartments, like, lower-quality apartments. So instead of offering socialized programs where it's like, oh, here's a job that, you know, pays well and you don't deserve it, we're just going to give you one of these jobs and then you're going to do a half-assed job at it and you're barely going to show up. And also, here's an apartment for free. You know, we're trying to say in a free market capitalist society, there are jobs that are don't require any skills and so that anyone can get them, you know, fast food or something like that, just as an entry-level job so you can get your feet on the ground. And then we want to offer apartments that are small and, you know, run down, maybe don't have all the, uh, run down isn't a good word, but maybe like don't have all the modern accessories that are available, stuff like that. It's like, we want to offer them ways that if they just try a single little bit, then they can get by. But then you have, you know. And it can be incentive to get more as yeah. well, you know. But it's like, then you, it's, housing is one of my biggest issues with our society today, and a lot of the housing issues is because of big government ideas, regulations, like telling, uh, in Seattle, there's the Showbox, uh, which is a concert venue that they're trying to turn into a historic landmark because a, um, real estate developer from Canada wants to buy it and turn it into a luxury apartment complex. Like, uh, you know, 
a luxury apartment complex, yes, those are going to be uh, more expensive, but they're opening up housing and making the, the demand better for the supply in the area. So rent prices will overall come down. But the Democrats in the area are like, no, this is, we want to turn this into a historic landmark because we like our concerts and our culture. And it's like, no, fuck that. In Japan, they have a completely capitalized free market. It, it, not completely, but it's a lot better than ours. And yeah, they live in apartments that are real tiny, but those apartments are like... 500 bucks a month, I would happily live in a uh, small, tiny apartment by myself if I could. Um, but because of the way society, like our system is set up in this country, it's like um, you have to have a car because the residential areas are farther away from the business areas. So you have to have a car to get to your job. You have to... Um, we Americans like to live a big lifestyle. We like to go to Costco, have lots of children, and buy a bunch of, you know... Buy stuff in uh, bulk, buy lots of product at a single time, take it home to our big apartment, and like we have these standards that we have made for ourselves. The American that, dream. The American dream, Which is yeah. Stupid. And it's like, now I can't afford this crappy two bedroom apartment by myself. I have to have roommates, and even then I'm barely cutting the bills, you know? And that's it's bullshit, to be honest. I, I need to. If we had more apartments and less regulations to build those apartments, and if, you know, society would understand, hey, living in these small, smaller apartments would totally be okay, like tiny houses and shit like that, then we'd be better off and we wouldn't have to, we wouldn't be such a struggle on our bills because we wouldn't have to pay as much because we'd be, like, just lower our expectations from, like, these grandiose American dream expectations from the 60s and earlier and just lower them a little bit and it's like, you know, the American dream for us millennials is like, man, I wish I could afford a one-bedroom apartment and we can't even do that, you know. I have a lot to say about the housing industry in this country, and it's like, I understand that the economy's better, but it sucks that I can't get my own apartment. It's real frustrating for well, me. Well, what if you just tried harder? Well, trying harder would, like... What uh, if you tried to get a better job that paid more? Yeah, I mean, trying harder would essentially mean going to college. Not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, trying harder uh, puts my... Um, I'd have to give up my happiness to try harder. Essentially, trying harder would be like moving up and going to management and work billing, be willing to work salary because all the jobs that I can get without a college degree uh, that are available to me, especially because I don't have a car and I do have to walk to work, all the jobs that are available to me within walking distance um, are, if I want to move up, I pretty much have to go into a salary position. I'm working 50 hours a week. I don't like my life enough to work 50, 50 hours a week. You know, it's like working 40 hours is like I barely get enough free time as is. I'm not going to give my job 10 more hours to get a little bit more money to afford an apartment that I can't spend my free time at, you know. So it's like, well, I don't know. What I just if, don't value life enough what to you, try harder at I this know point. you don't value life. And I'm life, trying hard but... enough. It's not like I'm a bad employee. You've worked with me before. I'm a, I'm a, I do my job. I work hard. I show up on you time. I wear a the employee, uniform yes. and stuff like that. And it's like, I should be able to get by with that. I'm a hard worker, you know, but... But what um, if you went into a more blue-collar industry that... Uh, I mean, you, you, it may, you say it like it sound, it's easy to get into those, but it's not. I mean, my brother works on ships and makes, like... He does, like, maintenance and construction and shit like that. Like, the hard, heavy work. And he makes good money. Mm. And... It's work I'm not willing to do. <laughs> My sister even asked me the well, other Well, I'd be day, willing so. to do something like that, but those jobs, a lot of times those jobs are like you have to know someone to get them. Mm, I mean, you have to just be willing to work your ass off, which I'm not. So I don't know, man. I mean, I've, I've looked for those jobs before, and I can't find them. Well, that's because you're looking from a 
city where everybody's here for corporate business. So. That's true. Yeah. You know, and also because I don't have a car, most but it's people like I can't can look more than three miles away like you. Yeah. You can't afford a car. I can't afford a car, you no. You can't make the monthly payment on it. Look, I have savings enough that I can... Some of these I I'm get... a- asking as devil's advocate. No, like, I know, for well, sure. Like, try, like, why don't you try harder, you know? <laughs> no. Um, my monthly income does not offer me enough to own a car. Like, I have enough savings I could pay off a car, but that doesn't make any sense if I can't keep paying it after that, you know? And it, it's just not worth it to, like, if I lose my job for whatever reason, I want to be able to have a cloud to fall back on so you know i can be unemployed for a while and not be worried about every single bill because i'm responsible that's why what i do is i try to be good at my job that way when layoffs come around which has never really happened when i've worked before yeah but i know that if somebody's gonna go it's not gonna be me because i'm good yeah and you know everybody loves me so um kind of got off topic because you're talking about your housing and your personal bitching about stuff but i bitch um, a lot what can i say you do but um <laughs> i love bitching that's what uh someone said the libertarian ideology is just uh, a child saying daddy i don't wanna turned into a political ideology <laughs> that's somewhat accurate yes yeah. um, i struggle with authority so much but can i can't what i was saying earlier, i can't even get into the mindset of somebody who wants to like who can say they strongly disagree with that like do you know where somebody could come from with that like uh it, so the question was those who are able to work and refuse the opportunity should not expect support society support um someone who would disagree with that um who are able to work and refuse the opportunity yeah i don't know that that's a good uh... i mean i'm trying to think of people like at berkeley getting their college education and smoking a pot and just thinking that's reasonable I, I, but i can't even do that you know like... i think a far left person would say uh they just they just want to do their art <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess we can throw that out to our viewers if you can answer why somebody would say they strongly agree we should support people who are willing but unable yeah which is different than unable yeah let us know, because yeah. I'd love to hear. If you can find a reason why you would disagree with the statement. Even if it's one that, like, we're, you know, well, you're not going to agree with. I just want to hear the reasoning of yeah. why we should help people who don't want to help themselves. They're, they're, they want to do charity? <laughs> they, they are non-profit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap this, buddy. All right, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Quadrant 4 Politics. We really appreciate you sticking around. Uh, hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. Oh, I forgot to say what platforms we're on. I worked so hard on getting us on like a million platforms and I forgot I to say it. Um, well, we're on YouTube and we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and all that good stuff. And Anchor. I should, I should promote Anchor because well, they're the ones Anchor. who are... Anchor is the one who's allowing us to do all of this. Anchor is the one where I upload the audio file to them and then they do all the hard work of getting it put on all the other services. So Really? Special shout out to Anchor because you can listen on Anchor, which has an app and a website. So And it's a pretty pretty slick looking website, to be honest. Uh, I haven't cool. seen the app. Um, also, we can record on Anchor, which is pretty cool. If we ever uh, move away from each other, we can record podcasts on Anchor together. From, I already told from... you I'm not doing that. Here, I know. We're, we're going to live together always. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> I meant I'm not recording from a distance. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. We'll see you on the next one. Bye.